0: welcome to the bruins benders podcast episode 19 with maddie and smitty what happens in vegas stays in vegas brought to you on our new home the inside the rink podcast network inside the is your one-stop shop for all your nhl news insight and analysis Follow on Twitter at inside underscore the underscore rink. The Bruins Benders podcast is sponsored by Lops Brewing. Lops is a brewery and tasting room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers. It's open seven days a week, and you can use the coupon code sports to get 10% off your online order. Just go to lopsbrewing.com and follow them on social media at Lops Brewing for new beers and events. And Smitty has a word. From BetUS.
1: I do bet you're at BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and NFL betting lines up for their 27th year of live betting. Sign up for betus.com with the promo code RINK for 125% sign-up bonus. Again, use the promo code RINK for your sign-up bonus. That is betus.com. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry. BetUS, you bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS. Dot com. I thought you were going to start
0: that with bet your ass off. You almost uh, you were like bet your bet you
1: bet your ass. you ass bet your ass off. Bet your ass right. You bet off. your ass off. Then we might get a little piece of the. uh, I don't know if we do. Or not, but yeah,
0: I'm not sure. I don't think we're bookies, but no. I think maybe that we get something down the back.
1: Can we get like a little part of the VIG or something? Somebody yeah. break somebody's legs, we can go yeah.
0: out or something. Oh, we like the convenience store when you win a lottery ticket, they get like a shake. We can Grace, that's shake what I'm talking it. about. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. If, yeah.
1: if somebody places a bet, you know, because of us and they win big, we should get a little piece of that. We, we should. We should. We, we promote the brilliant hell out of
0: it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right, time now for the weekend review when the Bruins begin. The past week with a game on March 3rd at Vegas. And we had a friendly little wager with our friends at Vegas Fever Podcast. And they are with us today, and we won the wager as the Bruins did beat Vegas <laughs> five to two. And um, guys, it's really good to have you on. And I just want you to, you know, give us a little bit about what your podcast is about, how it how it originated, and how it came to be.
2: Well, thank you for having us. We are from Vegas. He is born and raised in Vegas, and I live there majority of my life. And we waited until we moved to North Carolina to start a Vegas podcast. I don't know why.
3: Really <laughs> nice it That's, made sense sure. so. um, but <laughs> yeah. he's a
2: big unlv fan and mm-hmm. obviously then when the knights were born so was our love for that
3: absolutely mm-hmm. yeah we talk a lot of unlv we talk a lot of vegas golden knights we talk other vegas sports yep. uh mm-hmm. vegas is you know, it's pretty much a done deal that they're going to get the MLS by 2026. The NBA will probably be coming there as well as maybe Major League Baseball. The Oakland Athletics have been flirting with a new stadium deal and they've made many visits. So we talk a variety of different things and I've always been into, you know, the Vegas sports scene and why not talk about it with my very, very best friend, someone I love, my wife, sure, and sure. It, it actually works for us. We we have a lot of fun
2: and we fight so. yeah constantly.
0: <laughs> hey, that's entertaining. This is, what's yeah. wrong with that? Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, like it makes it, it makes it fantastic.
0: Well, that's good. We uh, Smitty and I actually went to the first Bruins game in Vegas back in seventeen, shortly after the season started. A three to one loss for the Bruins.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Vegas was yeah. really hot to start off. They were. Um, And they never really cooled, even though they went through like five goaltenders and they were magical season. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We went uh, and it was great arena. And Smitty's uh, brother actually works for MGM. So we had some hookups and it was a fun trip. And we'll go back when the Patriots play the Raiders, hopefully, this coming year. Uh,
3: <laughs> yeah. Season. And hope so, hopefully, yeah. they get the Bruins in Vegas maybe at the same time to make it like a fun little weekend. Oh,
0: that's, that's what sometimes I'm talking what about. Happens. Yeah. That's sometimes I, what
3: happens. You get, you know, yeah. you get like maybe like the Broncos will be in town to play the Raiders, and the Avalanche will be in town to oh, play wow. the Knights, and, and yeah. the arenas are a couple blocks away from one another. Yeah. It I'm works. About that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So
0: this game five to two. uh, What were your thoughts on the game? The Bruins have been hot. I mean, they've been since the first of the year. They've been they've gotten their whole team back. That's a first plus for them. But they've been really hot. And this trip, they went five and one and had a really good road trip. What were your thoughts on the
3: game? i
0: defer
2: to you first well he i was just gonna say right off the bat he was like i don't know if we're gonna win
3: (laughs) (laughs) vegas historically against boston has not been very right? and he was like
2: i i i don't have much confidence
3: (laughs) (laughs) not based off of the, the way they played lately i mean it's quite embarrassing as a vegas fan to have the other team have a guy that gets a hat trick and 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 there was a plethora. Of Bruin fans, as Vegas usually brings a plethora of visiting fans. It was it was demoralizing. It was a little it was it was uh painful to watch the other team, you know, Craig Smith get a hat trick and mm-hmm. then everybody throw their hats on the ice from the opposite team. Not a lot of that happened in Vegas lately. The Knights have struggled. Yeah. I didn't like their game at all obviously Eichel gets his second goal with Vegas he's been not as advertised um you know my wife's not thrilled with him <laughs> I think he's gonna get there it takes a little bit of time we've seen that in the past but I wasn't thrilled with their game I haven't been thrilled with their game really lately they've been struggling and very much so offensive woes uh, again uh this has been multiple coaches Since day one of the franchise, they seem to go through lulls at the worst possible time. Power play completely absent again, just like it was in October or November. Goaltending by Boston was fantastic, and it was not fantastic by Vegas. I didn't see many pluses. Um, I had a feeling. Didn't watch the entire game the night it happened. We finished up mm-hmm. the next day, and I just had a feeling that we were going to be making an appearance on you. <laughs> <laughs> right, right,
0: right. So, yeah, yeah. The friendly
1: little wager came through, and uh,
3: I like and we, it. Uh, I, I think yeah, it was great. Yeah. So, yeah,
1: so that was uh, that was actually Craig Smith's first uh, first goal in thirteen games. So you you helped oh, him break yeah. a little streak there. So that was nice, of you guys. And but sure. was, yeah, as, as regarding Eichel, I think that. You do have to give him a little time because he has been coming off of injury. So it's going to take a little time. And it was a pretty serious injury, too. So he had been out of Buffalo for a while and and so forth. I think you'll I think you'll end up being pretty happy with him in the long run. He played college hockey here at BU. So we've seen quite a bit of him. And uh, I think in the long run, you'll be you'll be happy with him. But yeah, it it is going to take him a little time, I think, to shake off some of the rust.
0: And in the league, he's been very consistent with his, you know, if you look at his point totals, the first, whatever, five years that he's been in the league, very consistent, great player. And I think he'll be great for Vegas for sure. And I think it was a great pickup for them. I, there was a lot of talk about Eichel potentially coming to the Bruins when it happened mm-hmm. just because of his BU ties and such. And I think it was wishful thinking, but it's a great pickup for Vegas and he'll be, he'll be really, really good for them. Uh, and yeah, and as you said, the Bruins are six and two lifetime against Vegas yeah
3: yeah it's it's not been fun since I mean since that victory in 2017 I mean the Knights are one in six since that first victory a couple weeks into the season right it's just been it's been miserable for them certain places Minnesota is another now they had a good series playoff wise first round last year but regular season in Minnesota and Boston there's a handful of places where it's just it hasn't worked out yet. I'm sure Vegas would like nothing more to, you know, than to get that turned around because you take those East Coast road trips and you only see these teams once a year on the road. And mm-hmm. it's a big deal because, you know, a lot of the teams you see are playoff teams. You know what I mean? Right. You know, Pittsburgh, you got Boston, you got the Rangers, you know, and then mm-hmm. you go down south and you play the Florida teams in Carolina. It hasn't been ideal for Vegas Against a lot of those teams, historically, Vegas is a better team on the road than they mm. are at home, which doesn't right. really worry me about their playoff seating. I am worried about them getting into the playoffs because right. should they get there, I think they can make a run because they are, like I said, better on the road.
1: Let me ask you how you felt about their their playoff chances because the East is pretty packed, like there's you know six, eight teams that are all really good, and then in the Western Conference, you have you know kind of the avalanche, and everyone else, you know maybe calgary and and minnesota's kind of dipped a little bit lately but it seems a little more wide open in the west so what do you think vegas chances are um in the playoffs in the western conference
2: i mean we just discussed this on our podcast last week um they're what fourth now or uh, fifth now they
3: actually got up to move up to third oh, they moved up uh okay. with a victory against anaheim they they snuck back into the last uh seed so in the pacific when
2: so. we saw it was down to fourth i was like yeah. That's the wild card spot. That
3: would be the first or second wild. Which card. is
2: uncomfortable. Yeah. No, it no, it, no. it was strange. Just
3: <laughs> yeah, no, 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 it was being overtaken by teams like Calgary when you were seven, eight points up three weeks ago, and now you're seven points down, six, seven points right. down. Getting passed by LA and Edmonton when you had those teams buried, and those teams haven't been, you know, conversations in the playoffs the past few years is it's I guess humbling, but.
2: It's concerning, disappointing, yeah. you
3: know, uh because this team has been a playoff team since day 1, uh since year 1, and I think that has been the driving force on why the expectation is so high for Vegas because they have made the playoffs every year. They've had two conference final runs. They've had a Stanley Cup run. It's not a place that Vegas fans want to be. And I've said this, we've said this multiple times on our show, that the way that they've made deals and the prospects that they've essentially given away in certain deals are going to come back to hurt this team a few years down the road because they're not going to have anybody to lean on when you know guys like you know, Pacioretty can't stay healthy and Stone can't stay healthy and, and Mar- Martinez hasn't been healthy. I mean, that's like 20 something million in cap space right there that you don't have on the ice. You know, Pacioretty is back tonight uh, as the game does start uh, against the Senators at T-Mobile Arena, but they've been very short and they haven't had who they needed and it's concerning. So, you know, there's a, we talk about the window, we talk about the playoff window and that Vegas window is closing. It's still there, but it's, but it's getting smaller. And this is a really good year for Vegas to win the cup. And I still think they can put together a run. They need everybody healthy. They've got a couple months. It's doable. It's not ideal. It's an awkward position right now, I would say, for the fan
1: base. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for taking the time to uh, to join us. And we will catch you again when the Bruins in, in Vegas, we can return the return the favor with the wager. When do you see your podcast come out? You want to give it one last plug? For sure. For sure. Usually we do a show once a week. Uh, it usually ends up being like Sunday,
3: Monday, Tuesday, one of those days. It's not really a set date, but this week I think is tomorrow. Because we go on, we're going to be appearing on uh, Jeff does Vegas podcast on Tuesday, but we do, we'll probably do our show tomorrow at Vegas fever pod for me at the golden wife for her. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, Google pods, anywhere you get podcasts. We (laughs) pretty much are there. Listen, subscribe, give us, give us your feedback. Let us know how you feel. Uh, We'll always be there to answer. And we appreciate you having us on your show.
1: It's a big deal. We like to like to talk puck. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Thanks so much uh, for coming on and uh, we'll check you out down the line. March 5th at Columbus, 5-4
0: to four win in the shootout. Rick Nash is number 61, retired by the Blue Jackets in Columbus. Also a former Bruin. Very good player. Uh, one time, an elite player in the league. It was not their best game, the Bruins, on the trip. They were able, though, to come back from 2-1 to one and 3-2 to two deficits. Took a lead with five minutes to go or so at 4-3. to three. And then as had happened in Anaheim, Bruins allow a late goal. This one with under two seconds left by Voracek uh, after a Foligno penalty. It's another late uh, late game breakdown. Swayman was great in the shootout, and they were able to get the two points anyway, and it was a good win uh, to wrap up the trip.
1: Yeah, I thought it was sloppy. They were sloppy for most of the game. At one point, Frederick and Felino were flipped for their third and fourth line duty. After one of Frederick's best games of the year uh, with three assists, he struggled in this one. Zero shots, no hits, no impact. They did get some balanced scoring, though, with goals from the top three lines to Collins, Smith, and also Bergeron scored and then Pasta wins it in the shootout. They didn't have their A game, but they did find a way to win, which is what good teams usually do. Swayman had his first so-so game in about a month or so, but he made some unreal saves and then was was excellent in the shootout. A 5-1 trip, great way to finish, and uh, they got out the win after almost giving it away late there. Yeah, and then we see
0: a trend with it on March the 7th recently with the Kings at home. Of course, the Kings trying to avenge a 7 to nothing loss in L.A. Uh, the Bruins just won't win a game right before we record, and it's the bruins benders jinx, as we have uh, every— si- it seems like every single game right before— we're about to put them in the Bruins Benders top seven power rankings, they lose. And it's always sort of in heartbreaking fashion. They lost to Anaheim that way, but they they've lost before in games like right before you're going to to put them in that top seven. And they lose this one. And boy, it was it was difficult because Bruins give up a late goal, twenty-five seconds left. And then they lose it on a terrible turnover by Coyle. I think they missed Grizzlick at the end there. They had Clifton on late, and he was running around and, and hitting his teammates in the faces with sticks. And it was uh it was kind of a mess there at the end again. And hopefully this isn't a trend and just a couple of coincidental hiccups there, uh, but something to keep an eye on for sure. And it was a tough loss, 3-2 to two in overtime to the Kings, and a chance again for the Bruins are, are real close to making this a uh, You know, making it interesting in the division. I mean, they're only eight points behind Florida. There's three points behind Maple Leafs. Like, they have a chance here. They play five games against the top three teams in the division. The rest of the way, only 25 games left. There's a real chance here, and you can't give points away.
1: No, you can't. You can't give points away. It was a good game overall, which made it all the more frustrating for them to lose that way at the end. They hold the lead for most of the game, and then they piss it away late. You don't usually see the Bruins beat up in the face-off circle, but it happens happened in this one. Philip Deneau and Kopitar just owned the Bruins in the dot and it cost them late in the game because Bergeron lost the face off late and uh, the Kings ended up getting the tying goal with 25 seconds left. You know, on the plus side, they did grab a point in basically a scheduled loss coming home after a long trip that's usually a, a game where the the home team usually loses. So, um the numbers line was excellent again, but Coyle did make that turnover late, so it kind of brought down, you know, the positive vibes going with with that line with with the turnover and overtime. But you know, on to the next.
0: <laughs> on to the next and And as we uh, later on, we'll talk about the week ahead. And there's a real chance here on the week ahead to get to the top seven if they just take care of business. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. All right. Time for seven chirps. We answer seven questions about the Bruins and the league. Number one, John Butchergross was on WEI recently and said he wants the Bruins to go all out and add to this team. He says a blue liner is what they need. Do you agree Charlie McAvoy, there's some talk about him looking tired in of games. He is logging a lot of minutes. They're giving up late goals. Do they need a blue liner and do they get aggressive?
1: I think they do need a blue liner. I don't know how aggressive they'll be if Debrus can land you that blue liner or not. I, I still think, and we've talked about this a little bit before, that the best thing to do is spend a draft pick or something on a guy like Phil Kessel that you could put on the first line right wing and then use DeBrusque and whatever other chips you have to get that top four left shot D that you desperately need. I think the depth of defense could be a problem especially going into the playoffs. Like, a few guys get hurt. Like, with Grizzly out, you have a Sean in. If one other guy gets hurt in a playoff run, you are screwed. Like, who's the next guy? Tyler Lewington? Mm. John Moore's banged up. Vakanainen's banged up a little bit. I think you definitely need a piece back there even if it's just to bolster your depth a little bit.
0: No, and I agree. And I, I think you're seeing at the end, of, like they were without Grizzlick and then they they cough up the lead. Clifton's in there, foreboard a little bit. They really don't have, if Vakanainen isn't coming back at full strength, then you're really sort of grasping, what if Grizzly gets hurt? Boy, And if McAvoy gets hurt, you're in trouble. I mean, that's just, that's probably the end. But if Carlo or, or someone else gets hurt and is out for an extended period of time, you're really going to be grasping at straws there. I, I like the idea, as you just said, of, of getting a guy like Kessel to score some goals and then getting a blue line guy. And if you don't get a second line center right now for this run, then fine. But I think you can't get Kessel cheap. And then you take the brusque and even maybe even Vakanainen and, and a John Beecher or someone and package something together and to maybe try to get someone, you know, as a defenseman. All right. Number two. David Pasternak joins Cam Neely as the only two Bruins in team history with five 30 plus goal seasons before turning 26. Will Pasta go down as the greatest goal scorer in team history? Busick is first at 545. Pasta currently 12th at 231. He turns 26 on May 25th of this year.
1: That's a tough one. I think with a few, number one, it depends on whether he signs another extension to stay, mm-hmm. first and foremost. I think the Bruins will do everything they can to keep him Mm -hmm. uh, in town and will probably pay a substantial amount of money to keep Mm -hmm. him. So I think that happens. And then, you know, if Hall's here long enough, you know, he has to have kind of a trigger man. He can't just do it all on his own, but he does score a lot of power play goals. He's coming into his prime. I think he has an outside shot of catching him. I really do.
0: I do. I do. I do too. And like you said, I think the next year next deal is probably what, an eight year deal? That gets him to twenty that gets him to 34, 33, 34 years old. He scores at least thirty a year. That's over two hundred goals. That gets you in the four fifty ish. You yep. know, and then you're only a hundred away.
1: You right. Know, that, so if he has some forties you know, and forty fives right. in there instead of thirties, you're right. knocking on the door. So right. I, I think he's got a, I think he's got an outside shot.
0: I think you're right though. He depends who the center is and they have a real problem coming up at center. It also depends on if you have another winger like a Hall or even someone remotely talented to goals, to score goals or or playmake. I mean, he needs to be, you know, he scores a lot of his goals one-timers and being fed pucks and that type of thing. He does have a lot of skill to to do it on by himself, but he does score a lot of those goals. Power play has to be good. You know, he has to score power play goals to get there. I don't know if beyond the next deal i think it's probably a 90 percent chance he signs here long term i mean i think it's a uh, i think there's a pretty good bet on it beyond that one the next one after that i'm not sure by then who knows eight years from now who knows what what the team looks like who's who's in management or any of that type of thing or what the roster looks like so he's going to have to get you know 10 years probably to get there at least 10 more years to get there and i'll see if if that happens I'm not not quite sure but i think he's going to get really really close to it for sure all right number three your Calder trophy rankings. A lot of talk about Jeremy Swayman being in the mix now, and he should be. Mm-hmm. Who would you think is the front runner right now?
1: I think the front rider is, is Mo side of the defenseman from Detroit. Mm-hmm. I think coming in as a rookie defenseman, putting up 41 points so far, mm-hmm. playing a ton of minutes. He's kind of in the you know, Nick Lidstrom type of mold where he's you know, I'm not gonna compare him to a Hall of Famer, but I am, I guess, at the same time.
2: <laughs> right. Um,
1: but I, I really feel like as a defenseman coming in and and being able to do that in your rookie season is uh is really difficult. So I, I would have him as a front runner. And I would honestly I have Swayman second. Okay. I have
0: Trevor Zegers up there too. He has forty something points. You know, he has, has some highlight real situations and points and and plays. He's been at the forefront sort of nationally with with some of the things he's done so he might be up there too the only thing that hinders swayman in my opinion is at the beginning of the year he was okay i mean he wasn't he wasn't as good as he is now and then he spent some time in the minors so if they take into consideration that these other guys have played the whole season and played heavy heavy minutes it might be harder i think that is it the last calder trophy goalie i heard that it was andrew raycroft was one of them maybe it might have been raycroft I mean that I mean that's quite a bit ago. I mean it's hard for a goalie to get it just because you know those other guys lug so many minutes and they put up points and it's a little sexier.
1: It is. Goalies don't play as many games, but if if you look at the rookie goaltending stats, Swayman leads all of them. First and goals against, first and save percentage, first and shutouts, first and wins, tied for first and wins. You could certainly make a case for him. And if he continues it, if he continues the type of play that he's had recently, then you can really put him in the conversation because I think Shusterkin may even win the heart the way he's been playing. Right. Swayman right now is fourth in the entire league in save percentage. He's right there, and and for uh, a little bit he was first in goals against. Now he might be you know third or fourth in goals against. I'm not sure where he falls there, but he's up there league wide, not just with the rookies. So he's got a chance to get in there and and maybe grab some votes.
0: Right, he does. And as the team is in it in the at the end, those other two guys are on teams that may not be anywhere near in it. So I guess that's another consideration he's carrying a team going into a postseason run maybe that helps but yeah i'd say that uh cider probably with your cider and then zegras and swayman are, are close right now and, and sway has to keep playing the way he is to try to get over that hump number four what is jake debrus's value now mixed reviews on whether bruins should trade him where do you rank him as a trade asset i have seen in, on twitter it, it almost seems like an afterthought that fans think now that he has all this value Like we're just going to send, we're going to trade him and he's going to get some really good value. I still, if I'm an opposing GM, I still am very hesitant to do a real hockey trade with him as the main factor when there was a large chunk of time there where he showed disinterest. It wasn't just, it wasn't just lack of production. There are questions about his interest level. And I don't know if I want to really commit to a guy who's an RFA, if that's the case, it's a smaller sample size now with what he's done lately. And I still don't know if his trade value... I don't think if it's moved the needle as much as people think.
1: No, I don't think so. I don't think it has moved the needle as much as people think because he it goes through these stretches sometimes where he's hot, where he's interested. I mean, he's getting top-line minutes and stuff now, so he's interested. He's playing on the top line. He's scoring some goals. He's getting more minutes Um, he's using his speed, you know, there has been times though earlier this year where he was, you know, not really back checking very hard and not really interested shifted down to a third line or a fourth line role. So I don't know if it's really changed all that much. You would like to think it has, you would hope Uh it has, but I don't think so. If, if you're another GM, maybe Sweeney can pull the wool over somebody's eyes and, and be like, Oh, he's hot. He's going to be hot for you. He's going to be good for you. But there's been certainly up and downs with his career and his production over the years. So it's been a few years since he's, you know, the 25, 30 goal scorer. It, it'll be interesting to see what ends up shaking out in the end.
0: And I think it has some to do with what they can do with the top line. Because if, if, you, if you trade Jake DeBrusque, and let's say you get a defenseman as the main piece coming back, you have to figure out that top line again, you know, in that right wing. So, I mean, if you can get a Kessel type for cheap, Then fine. But if you can't, then you have to figure out the right wing. And maybe they're hesitant to taking, you know, to to trading him just to get rid of him or just to appease him because they're going to leave a void there. So they may keep him and just, you know what, keep him and see what happens in the offseason. And that might be the play if they can't get what they think. Because I think their value of him might be a little higher than opposing teams. And they might try to talk him into, well, he's had a little bit of postseason success. He scored 27 goals, whatever, one year. He's got the ability. He's got the skill. He's played on the top line. He can play on all four lines, probably, and all that thing. And he's 25, 26, whatever he is. So he's still sort of in the prime. But, man, I don't, I don't know if you, can, if you can get what you want and then you leave that void.
1: I think they're scared. I think, I think Sweeney, so too. I think yeah. Sweeney and Neely are petrified that he's going to go somewhere else and become the 30 goal scorer that they think he can be. Right. You know, he's going to he's going to snap back to the player that he was early on and, and lately where he's been using his speed to get in on the forecheck, disrupting things, causing turnovers, taking the puck hard to the net. Like you haven't seen that in a few years and he's done it a bunch of times in the last, you know, week or two where he's gone around a defenseman wide and just crashed the net. He, he right. got a goalie interference penalty in the Kings game. Cause he just went around the defenseman wide and just brought it right to the net. You haven't seen that from him in a, in a little no. time. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what, what ends up happening with him. Or
0: they could send him to NHL. They could send him to NHL purgatory like New Jersey or Arizona or something and just let right. him sit there. And if he scores 40 goals, fine, they suck. So it doesn't really matter. Right. Uh, but it is going to be interesting. All right. Number five, who are the candidates for the seventh player award? Who's, which is probably, let's be honest about the the Player Award, probably the most overrated, overdone, stupid award in the history of, of the NHL because it's it's a, a player who's gone above and beyond, and it never seems to be that player. It seems just to be a popularity contest among the uh, fans. I put out there that Jake DeBrusque could be a solid candidate for it, and I still believe that. And, of course, the sexy pick is Swayman, and then there's a guy like Eric Haller who's played second-line center and done a pretty good job between Hall and, and Pasternak. So those are probably the top three. But I think, you
1: know, DeBrusque has a case anyway. DeBrusque absolutely has a case. I mean, he's having a year better than what you thought he would. Yeah. I mean, that's, sure. that's kind of what, it, what it's become. If he was constantly scoring 27 goals and he did this, like, no one would give a care but he's been terrible the last couple of years. So any kind of life and yeah. Oh, look at Jake. Yeah. Yeah. People love him. So yeah, he's definitely a candidate. I think Swayman's a candidate. I think Eric Hall is a candidate. I think Tred Frederick is a candidate. Oh boy. Oh, I I, I didn't think of that. And I also (laughs) think Kylie McAvoy is a candidate, even though he's the top dog, but he's the top dog. He's putting up more points than he has. Everybody loves him. I think he's a candidate. I think any of those guys could win it. Hell, if Pasternak scores a you know a couple more hat tricks, he could win it for the fucking third time. Third time. Yeah, the third I mean, time. Just fan voting on, on who you like right. the best. It is. But here's, here's a candidate that I think, this guy's
0: a candidate for me. And it, you're going to say, no, he isn't. But, but I think he is. And that could be Patrice Bergeron because he's 49 fucking years old and he's playing <laughs> top line minutes. He's playing penalty kill, power plays, having one of the better years of his career. Yep. When you figure the whole ball of wax, he's a runaway selkie guy and a guy who's thinking about retiring possibly tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And he is giving more than I thought he would. He's a candidate.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think he is yeah. a candidate. I think that, that would be like a, you know, a heartfelt kind of swan song type of thing. Right. Fans vote him in. He could win it. Sure. I mean, fucking anybody really could win it. I mean, they could. Fan vote. Somebody drums up enough love from somewhere, they're in. I think it's, it's going to be swayed just because if he keeps playing like
0: this and they keep winning, they'll fall in love with the goalie and they'll give it to Swayman. Number six, you talked about the defenseman depth. Would you take Zdeno Chara back? Let me start. Let me just say this. Preface it by saying this. You could not, and God love him, and you love him, but you could not stand Zdeno Chara, the hockey player, at the end of his
1: time, term here, I couldn't. I, no, so I was. <laughs> right. gonna, I was just going to preface what I was. What I was going <laughs> to say by, I love the guy. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I mean, yeah. I love him. Yeah. He was extremely, extremely instrumental in changing the culture of the Bruins from a laughing stock when he and Savard signed. Changed the culture, the respect he he commands, the way he played on the ice. You know, Norris for you know, the cup runs, all of that. Tremendous, tremendous player, warrior, yeah. heart, all of that. Mm-hmm. No chance I want him back. None. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> right. Because I'm a horrible, horrible skater. Yes. You are worse than Confirmed. me. Confirmed. Yeah. I am probably faster than him on skates at this yes. point in my life. Yeah, yeah. And I am 48 years old and a bad skater. He's yeah. about my age, but I think I could beat him in a race on skates.
0: Mm. I do. Not only that, you would give the puck up. Quicker than he does. Like you would not <laughs> hold it for dear life. No, because I would be player.
1: worried that I would be killed myself. Right,
0: right, right. I'm with you. And I've heard Michael Felger and Felger and Maz talk about this yesterday about, about Z. He said he wanted him back because he wanted him on the end of the bench so that guys wouldn't take runs at other guys. I think that's the absolute last reason you get him. He is a plus three somehow on the Islanders and a terrible Islanders team. Okay. He has five fighting majors. Uh, which is one more than Trent Frederick. But I will say this, I'm with you. You can't put a guy in the roster. like If he wants to come back, I guess, for nothing, like for a sixth round pick, and you can put him on as an eighth defenseman in case a couple of guys get hurt, fine. Like, fine. But I can't, with a good conscience, put a guy in there and have him as a third pair, playing seven minutes a game because you're scared to death of playing him, just so that someone doesn't get run on the you know on
1: the boards. You know what though? I I might I maybe I'm changing my mind a little bit here because if you put him third pair left side, you play him seven minutes a game, and you add him to the penalty kill. Penalty kill, yeah,
0: Penalty yeah. kill is like the thing
1: yeah. which they desperately need. Yes, that yes. might be that might be a niche where he could really help you. Yeah. If you you have them out there for long penalty kill shifts or empty net situation, right. occasional like third night. line yep. shift, yeah, yep. empty yep. net, put him out there to beat the bag out of somebody, right? You know, maybe you could sell me on it if you're not giving up that much, but I don't want him playing any kind of serious minutes, like no. five on five, at no. and all.
0: You, and I and I what I don't want them to do is fall in love with them and then put them up there with McAvoy or <laughs> give him more minutes than he wants. Like right. I, I can't, I can't do it. I can't, I can't yeah. do it. But. If it's a 7th or 8th defenseman, they do have a, a, you know, their left side is shaky. Riley, shaky defensively. Grizzlick yep. nagging injuries all year, it seems. And then whoever four. else. <laughs> four, yep. four Like, it's not great. So no. if you can't go get a left D man who's, who's solid and better than Z, then maybe you do. But it's got to be for literally nothing. And he has to be okay with saying, "You know what? You're not going to play this game, maybe next game. Maybe we throw you in here because someone got dinged up and that type of thing, but I'm leaning towards I'm leaning towards no on it. I'd be interested to see what he wanted to do if he wanted to come back. That would be an interesting
1: conversation because I don't I,
0: know if that's hundred percent true. like I don't yeah. know if that's because I don't think he loved how it ended.
1: No, I was just, I was just going to say I think part of the reason that he left was because he didn't like the role that the Bruins had envisioned for him. Right. You know, they wanted to lessen his role and he didn't want that. He went somewhere else, played a little bit more and then, mm-hmm. you know, with the caps, but then the Islanders, he's basically what the Bruins wanted him to be uh, at yeah. the time. So maybe, maybe they revisit that and, and it ends up working out, but yeah, uh, it would be interesting to see from his point of view, if they really, Could have a match there. All right. Number seven with the recent streak of good play, have the Bruins' needs at the trade deadline changed? I still think they definitely need a second line center, whether it's now or next year. It's coming due. They they need one. So whether they address that now or in the offseason, that still needs to happen you know Hall's been fine he's been good mm-hmm. i mean he's producing so i don't know if you can really ask more from the guy if you can't find an upgrade there and you have to give up a lot to get one maybe you roll with Hall for the rest of this season and you address it in the off season and you focus more on you know the lefty and defensive depth which i think is a desperate need like you can't not add there at the trade deadline so maybe it has shifted a little bit where you know defensive depth or a left-shot D man is really more the priority than, you know, a second line center or a, or a scoring winger.
0: I, I am with you. I I want the second line center still. And there's a lot of people out there that say is fine. They point back to the first year of Vegas when he was essentially a second line center and had a great year for them. Long playoff run. He's been good there now. I still don't love him there. I'd rather have him, honestly, third line left wing. See you later, Trent. Love you. But he's gone. Put Hollow there with Coyle and Smith and get a second line center. If you can't do that, I'm right wing and D. That's what I am. And I'm, I'm telling you, I'm Kessel and I'm Damon Severson. I don't know. I'm Kessel and I'm a defenseman. That's where I'm at. And that's what I'd like him to do. I don't know if Kessel wants to come. He may not want to come. And that's probably why he isn't here already. I don't know. But that's what I want if you're, giving, if you're getting rid of DeBrusque. I still want a top line right wing. I don't have to do it, and uh, John Sweeney Su- treads lightly in trades. Like, he likes to win the trade, as we've talked about before. So I think that's a part of the problem with the DeBrus thing. He doesn't feel like he can win it, and he may just hold on to him for dear life. All right, it is time now for the Whipping Boys segment. Talk to the Whipping,
2: boy. To the whipping boy. <laughs> Good Lord, I feel like come down.
0: Trent Frederick has been my whipping boy for much of the year. He has made a tremendous revival on the numbers line with Coyle and Smith. Up and down week for Freddie this past week. Three assists at Vegas. Then he was moved down to the fourth line against Columbus. And Felino moved up to the third line. Didn't have a great game, as Smitty mentioned earlier. But then a goal against the Kings off a beautiful feed by Coyle. I hope I'm wrong, but I feel like he's on borrowed time. <laughs> <laughs> he's cool. I think he's about to cool off pretty soon. Do you? Yeah. I just have this feel like, look, <laughs> Freddie is what he is right now. He's hot as a, you know, he's hot. He's, he's a hot thing. He, people have been dying for him to do what he's doing right now. I just in a playoff setting against really good teams, are we really rolling Trent Frederick out there for f- 14 minutes a game? Seriously, I I mean, I don't know if it's a great matchup. Think about the third lines on the really good teams. The third line killed you against Tampa Bay last year. That's true. Destroyed you. Trent Frederick is no match for
1: that third line. He isn't. But I will say, I haven't come all the way around because I'm, I'm still not sold. And I think it could be fool's gold. But he does have chemistry with them, and I think he's starting to develop some confidence. He's much better. Lately, much better at holding the puck down low and protecting the puck with his body. It's like he learned from coil from playing with him. Maybe. And, and yeah. Smith. And that line is tough to handle down low. When they get pucks in deep mm-hmm. and they forecheck hard, Smith has some speed. So they get in on four check. They bang bodies and they've been difficult to handle from the dots and down. And I think against good teams, even that kind of that kind of in zone play plays. So I think he could keep it up. He's shooting the puck a little bit more. He's been pretty good, dare I say. Right, right. So maybe it's more of a situation like, you know, Marshan, you know, started off as a fourth liner and then kind of grew into a a bigger role. I'm not saying he's ever going to be top two line guy, but if he can be a, a decent third line guy that can give you 10 or 12 goals and, you know, 10 or 12 assists, like, I think that's pretty good in the grand scheme of things.
0: Okay. So what would you rather have? Would you rather have JT Miller, second line center, Eric Hall, third line left wing or Eric Haller, yes.
1: second line center
0: and, and Trent Frederick left hand, left of wing. Yeah. The wing. first one. Every okay. single time. Uh, okay. Okay. So my, my, <laughs> my problem is, is, and I see what you're saying. The whole, you know, look, Smith and Coyle had great chemistry before this stint here. They, they did had great chemistry last year. They had, they've had chemistry before. Mm-hmm. They should have probably played together longer. But because of team need, Smith had to play up. Then Coyle had to play up. And they had to mix and match that thing. And they had to break them up. Now they have the luxury with Jake playing okay to keep Smith and Coyle together. Mm-hmm. And now Frederick's possession has been big for him. Heavier game. Coyle's always been a guy, in my opinion, a really good Third line center. Like he yeah. is a you know, heavier puck possession, can score a little, good passer. He can do all those things at a third line center you want for him. Not great second line, like once you get into the second line center thing, I don't think you're as good a team. But I think the line is the line is fine now. And I think Freddie's Freddie's fine, but I, I just I'm concerned about the postseason against better teams in the matchups. And I feel like Frederick, there's gonna be a lot more of that. Um uh, that Columbus game <laughs> from Frederick than the other game, like the Vegas game. I, I, and maybe I'm wrong and I hope I'm wrong, but that's something that's just in the back of my head. Maybe because I just don't, I don't love, <laughs> love the guy as a player. <laughs> maybe it's because he's my whipping boy.
1: Yeah, that could be. Uh, probably yeah. That's yeah. something to do with it. Yeah. So my whipping boy is, is Connor Clifton and um, he's been pretty good. Dare I say it. He had a great pass to Smitty for an assist against Columbus and he was pretty good against LA. Still, you know, there's times where it's Cliffy Hockey and he's running up to the blue line at a center ice to make a hit where he's should be really in position. Should should really be playing defense. I like the physicality that he brings. I just wish he wouldn't go so far out of his way to try to do it. You know, right. do it within the framework of the game. Do it within you being in the correct position, throwing a hit, grabbing the puck, moving it up. Been rushing the puck a little bit more. He's been a little bit better at that. But again, to me, he's still a seventh defenseman. The guy that you want on the bench when one of your guys gets hurt, he comes in, you know, provides some physicality, he'll provide some energy. But you don't want him playing every game and you don't want him playing, you know, meaningful minutes.
0: No, he gets overexposed. And last night that goal with twenty-five seconds left was him. I'm not sure what he was doing running around one time. His back was to the puck. Like, I'm not sure what's happening with Clifton in that sequence. That was a run around type of, and again, Gryzlik wasn't in, wasn't playing due to injury. So he probably had to put Clifton in there. He had a pretty good game. So that's probably what Bruce was saying. Like, you know, let's get Clifton in there. He'll he'll hit, he'll put you whatever, but he's running around like crazy. My new nickname for Connor Clifton, friendly fire. He, 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 I've, I've come up with that. So for for now on, it's not cliffy hockey anymore. It's friendly fire from chronic Clifton because he, he almost took David Pasternak's eye out uh, on that play at the end of the, at the end of the game. Like he's just his stick swinging. He's back is to the puck. He was all over the place. And then the pucks in the net. So he scares the shit out of me. But I will say this. He is a guy who gets overexposed. He can go in for three or four games. Like he had a really, again, a really good playoff series against Washington. Like he can do that. But once he gets in the game, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve, 10, 12,
1: like now you're starting to expose him
0: and he gets a little loose, a little well, loose.
1: I, I think know? that's what, I think, <laughs> yeah. I think that's what it is though, is he plays well for two or three games and he starts feeling himself a little bit and he's like, yeah. Oh. Yeah, here we go. I'm going to fucking <laughs> deliver a, a bone-crushing hit to this guy. And then, right, you know, the yeah. he drips over yeah. the guy and gives up a three-on-one going the other right. way. So he needs to play just be more within himself, play more within yourself, mm-hmm. and, and try not to uh, knock anyone's eyes out.
0: Right. Less men's league and more NHL. I think, right. From, from yeah. All right. Beauties and benders time. And this is where we pick our three beauties. Great performers of the week and uh, our benders, the worst three performances. Of the week and my beauties number three, Rick Nash. Rick Nash had never number retired for the Blue Jackets. What are your thoughts on Nash? I, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Just didn't have enough there, enough uh, points. He didn't score. He never scored eighty points in the season. Never had fifty goals. Like you know, there's some there's some benchmarks he didn't get to for me. Hall of very very good, but not Hall of Fame for me.
1: Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but he is certainly the best player in Columbus Blue Jackets history. So, question. <laughs> so, so there you go. And he, and he scored that. Do you remember that, that ridiculous goalie scored? That was like a double toe drag. And then like, Oh yeah. pulled it around the goalie and score like yeah. one of the best, one of the best NHL highlights I've ever seen was him just abusing. I'm not even sure. I can't even remember what team it was, but uh, if, yeah. you, if you haven't seen it, you should check out some Rick Nash highlight videos. Cause that's one of the best goals I've ever seen scored. So, yeah, great player. I I wish kind of he had had a little more run with the Bruins. You know, the concussion thing kind of limited him with, with the Bruins. It would have been nice to see what he could have done here with, uh you know, kind of a better supporting cast than he had in Columbus to see what could have happened there. But that was too bad. But a uh, really great player, but uh, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer in my book either. Yeah.
0: Underappreciated in Boston, because I he he had some good moments here, and he he played pretty well here at times. And like you said, the concussion thing didn't help, and probably would have been better off a little bit more run here. But that was an underappreciated trade, uh, trade acquisition, because I think that's one of the better pickups they've had in the past. And again, it didn't really work out 100%, but Rick Nash was better than you think with the Bruins. Mm-hmm. And he was he was pretty good. All right. Number two is Jeremy Swayman. Sway is continuing to separate himself from Linus Almark, in my opinion. And and now he's in the Calder Calder Trophy discussion. And Sway continues to play really well. And then number one, Craig Smith had a hat trick, played really well lately, starting to shoot the puck better. He had a horrific beginning to the year, but he's really turned it around. And, and much of it, as we talked about, is that chemistry with
1: Coil. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think Smith has been been really good, especially since you know him and Coyle have been put back together as a line, and I don't think that's a coincidence. So my three beauties. I will start uh, number three. We usually don't like to double up on these, but uh, I have Jeremy Swayman also. He's just he's just been too good lately to to leave off the list. Seven zero and one, I believe, in his last eight. Just playing uh, outstanding hockey. He did have you know the one hiccup in his last game, but. You know, in the end, he still made a couple of unbelievable saves in that game and then was uh, zeros all the way around in the shootout. So playing really well and definitely appears as though it's his net moving forward. Number two, I had Eric Haller. He had a goal and two assists this week. Uh, Continues to play well. Continues to produce in that second line center role. And and if they can't develop or can't get a second line center at the trade deadline, then he's going to be your guy moving forward. So you really need him to keep up the production there. Number one, I have Trent Frederick. He had a goal and three assists this week. He did have a little bit of a stinker in between, but, uh, you know, he's producing. I would have had Coyle on, list, on this list, but the horrendous turnover at the end of the Kings game, I, I couldn't put him on with a good conscience. So, I agree. Nod instead. So, uh, I, hopefully that third line continues to play well and be a matchup problem for opposing defenses.
0: All right, time now for the benders. And bender number three is the recent late game Bruins defense. Thanks. You're a neo-maxi-zoom dweeby. Some breakdowns late, Boy, they have a bitch of a time scoring empty net goals to wrap up games. It's like the, the bottom of the league, and it's really surprising to me because typically Bergeron, Marchand, who are phenomenal penalty killers, are out there. Like yeah. the, it, it's just it to me, it boggles my mind. Some of it is trying to get too cute to try to to get a shot on net trying to just rip it down there and see if it goes in kind of thing. I don't think they do that enough. I think they probably try to make plays out, possess the puck, that type of thing. But lately, they need to fix that, the late game stuff for sure. Number two, ESPN's hockey analysis. Base, you're a Neo Maxi Zoom dweeby. Boy, I'll tell you, here's the thing. For years, I thought, boy, NHL is really suffering for not having ESPN cover the games. They've pretty much completely taken them out of the sports picture Three years, they don't cover them. They barely put a blip on Sports Center. That whole thing, and I thought they really need to get back at it. I'm thinking now this is the biggest half-ass operation. Now, look, I like Arda Ocal. We've had him on the show. He's great. I John Butchergrass, great, like those types. But the analysis and just guys not preparing and not doing any research before games and not. Ha- and look, national broadcast is different than local because they don't cover the team as much. You're not going to get a lot of in-depth stuff that Brick gives you. I get it. But some of it is just horrifically bad and uh, having misinformation, even. So I, I just think it's a, complete, it's a complete waste of time right now with ESPN. I think TNT is, is a much better opportunity. And I think, I honestly think the NHL should revisit it when the contract is over. I really yeah. do.
1: Well, I mean, I think ESPN, they tried to go for the name analysts right. rather than guys who are actually good at it. They have Kevin Weeks. Kevin Weeks is great at it, phenomenal. And, you know, Butchie's good. And Sean McDonough does play-by-play. He's excellent. Right. Levy's fine. But right. Chris Chelios was saying Taylor Hall was playing center during the game yeah. the other night. What are you watching, man? Yeah. What are you Chris watching? Chelsea, you've played a lot of hockey. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. maybe it was Messi. I don't know. It was one of yeah. them. But yeah. either way, figure it out, man. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. I, I don't know. It's not that difficult. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm re- I am I'm. just have a hard time with the whole thing.
0: And I just think it's not very good at all. And then, of course, they pigeonhole you into watching this program and that. that channel and this channel and subscribe to this and it mm-hmm. just frustrates uh fans and more than anything else. And then number one, <laughs> our very own Jack Edwards.
2: Face it. you're a Neo Maxi zoom Dweeby.
0: Jack, it's Athanasiu. <laughs> for love of God, I was in tears laughing at his pronunciations of Athena you who, folks, has been in the league eight seasons. <laughs> like he's <laughs> like he's said this name many times. I mean he's yeah. not a rookie. Like he's, he's not been a rookie. in the league for eight seasons. You know, but he kept saying that the to see.
1: Oh, my Lord. I think he knew that there's a drinking game out there that if he pronounces something wrong that oh, uh, people drink. And I. I I hope for his sake anyway that right. at the end he was doing it on purpose to just
0: he he was <laughs> chuckling some so maybe he was maybe bricking him yeah. with chuckling about it I yeah don't know, doing maybe it on purpose it to up. Get
1: people yeah. loaded at the end
0: but man I was dying laughing at some of the 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 ways he was and here's the <laughs> so so anyway Jack Edwards gets the bender but you know what I was thinking the Kings are only four points out of the Pacific. Uh, so they've been having a pretty good year. They have a chance to win the division. So they probably aren't, you know, sellers are probably not trading anybody, but the Bruins could use an Athens to see you guy. I mean, he's a center. Yeah. You know, he's, he's played playoff hockey. He's been a pretty good player. I think that would be a an under the radar guy that, that would look good for them. I think if, you know, maybe if you're looking to trade to Brusque, maybe you trade him out to, to LA for Athens to see you. Yeah, yeah, I mean he he's got, me he's got
1: great size, he's got yeah. he's got really good speed, one of the fastest guys in the league. And he yeah. always seemed to he always seemed to kill the Bruins when he was with yeah, the red Wings. Yeah. So um yeah, that I mean that would be a pretty decent under the radar move, I think. Yeah, for sure. All right, so my three beauties, no Benders, sorry. Benders. Uh number three, I have Patrice Bergeron.
0: Base, you're a Neo Maxi zoom dweeby.
1: And this is all based on the Kings game alone. Uh he lost that draw late in regulation. I feel like he's he's been losing a lot of like meaningful draws. Mm. Like he he wins most of the draws, but when the draw really matters, like the late game, things like that, or to start off a power play or start off a penalty kill, he's losing those. So they lose Mm. puck possession or, you know, he loses a a defensive zone draw on the penalty kill. So the other team gains possession. They keep it in the zone. Like, I just feel like some of those big draws lately, he hasn't been winning. So, uh. You know, it's really based on that, not anything else. Don't get on me, Bergeron's Still, one of my favorite players, and I, I
0: wonder if he's adjusted his way because of the cheat. Like he, he has cheated in the dot. Yeah, and they've caught on to it, and they've been throwing him out here and there. Maybe not as much lately, but I wonder if he's made adjustments and he's just not as effective.
1: Well, I mean, I, th- I think he was still like tops in the league in in faceoff wins, like going into the going into the okay. last couple of games. Yeah, I think he's yeah. at six, you know, sixty three percent or something. Oh wow, he's That's still one of the good. top guys yeah. in the league. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it. Maybe it the stats won't bear it out, but it just seems to me, thinking to myself, like as I'm watching the game, oh, you know, that was kind of a big draw that he didn't win. Uh, so first round number three, number two, I have Charlie Coyle. Face, it. you're a Neo Maxi Zoom Dweeby. After playing a phenomenal game against the Kings, unbelievable game. Great passes, two assists. He was spectacular. In overtime to do a behind the back, no look. Backhand pass to the middle of the ice along the blue line. Yeah, we only have two other guys. Right, I right. right. Yeah. probably not the best decision, and it cost them the game. Oh, uh, I, I have Charlie Coyle at number two because that was mm-hmm. just a horrific eternal yes. he could have done anything other than that and it would have been a good play yeah, like right. fire it into the king's zone and give them nice. possession right. shoot right. it back at that right. all mark to give him possession of the part i mean he yeah. could have done anything else yes except that yeah. and uh it would have been a better decision so yeah. uh him at number two and then number one i have i have us i have you and me the bruins <laughs> podcast at number one Lisa,
0: no. you're a neo maxi zoomed dweeby
1: because we are absolutely a jinx. We are. We are a jinx. Anytime we are planning to do a, a podcast episode, the Bruins will lose the game before we produce the episode. So I don't know exactly what we have to do if we have to sacrifice a, a, a live chicken or, <laughs> or you know, break a puck in half. You know, I don't well, know. Maybe Price, Trent Frederick. String Connor Clifton up, you know, as a scarecrow. I don't know what we have to do, but we need to we need to figure something out right so that they start winning games again before we broadcast and then uh, they can go on longer winning streaks and and maybe even sneak back in to the Bruins Benders podcast top seven power rankings.
0: That would be nice. And that's uh, what's coming up next. But do you have a do you have an old hockey stick? I do have like, an old hockey. Care. Okay. What if they lose the game before next episode, we should come on on social media. And just do like a quick segment where we break the stick or some sort of like, you know, fuck you, Joe Boo kind of thing. And we just, you know, oil up the stick or something or put a dead chicken on it or whatever (laughs) and make sure that uh, we exercise the demons. I think we I think we can do that. I think we absolutely could do that. that. All right. Top seven Bruins benders power rankings right now. And number seven remaining at seven, the Pittsburgh Penguins, six, three and one in their last ten. Number six is the Maple Leafs. They dropped one spot. They're just 5-4-1 in their last 10. So a little chink in the armor, and the Bruins are closing furiously on them, uh, just three points behind. Number five, this Calgary Flames, white hot. They've gone up one spot, 8-1-1 one, one in their last 10. And then the top four are the same as last week. Panthers have won three in a row. Tampa Bay has 80 points at three. Number two, the Carolina Hurricanes have 83 points. And the Colorado Avalanche lead the league with 87 points. They stay in first. That's pretty good. Yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah.
1: Yeah, pretty good team. Here's are some teams that aren't so good. <laughs> right. The bottom three Bruins, Benders, Powerless rankings at <laughs> number 30. The Ottawa Senators have lost five in a row, wow. not playing well right now coming into the trade deadline. So maybe you'll see some of those guys, uh, you know, up for trades. Uh, at number 31, you're a Seattle Kraken. One eight and one in your last 10. They did just sign uh McCann to a contract extension, they though. They did, they did. Uh, so he's the first guy in the history of the organization to sign a multi year extension. So mm. good for uh Mr. McCann,
0: right, Five million a year, and, and he was picked one pick ahead of David Pasternak in 2014. 24th pick in the draft, one ahead of Pasta. Yeah, I'd rather have Pasta.
1: Yeah right yeah absolutely and then number 32 yo montreal Canadiens bringing up the rear but they are playing better with martin san louis behind the, behind the bench there so they
0: yeah. are but they're still and the bruins have two games in montreal left on the schedule both in montreal coming up in the last 25 games here and um I mean, hopefully they can take care of business in montreal of course historically not a great place for them to play but hopefully they can get four points
1: No, the last few years, they've done pretty well up there. Yeah, they've done better. Yeah. We should take the Bruins-Benders on the road up to March. Oh, we should, shouldn't we? That's a Bruins game up there. We really should. Oh, man, that would be awesome, wouldn't it?
0: We really should should do that. Let's let's put that on the schedule. All right, time now for the week ahead, and here is the big thing. The Bruins-Benders podcast is looking for the Bruins to sweep this week. Three games, March 10th versus the Chicago Blackhawks at home, and then March 12th at home against the Arizona Coyotes, and then March 15th. At Chicago Blackhawks, three winnable games. They win them all. Six points. We get them to seventy-nine points, and I'm telling you, that would get them in the top seven.
1: Yeah, I, I think that it's definitely a, you. You're looking to go three and all this week, and and you know what? The, what else they could do is when Arizona comes to town on the twelfth, pull off a little trade, Phil Kessel, and let him stay home. Let him right. you know cross the yeah. cross the locker room, cross the ice, take a little saunter into the Bruins locker room, and stick around yeah. for a while. Yeah, maybe they should. You know what they could do also on March 12th? Is just,
0: they should just have Boston University play that game. Just play the Coyotes on the 12th, and then they would probably fill more seats than uh, Sun Devil <laughs> Arena or what the hell, what the hell they're playing. Next
1: I have no idea what it's yeah, called.
0: I don't know either. It's 4,800 yeah. seats, and yeah. they may not fill it out. Is not a lot. No. Not, at, not at all. But there's three winnable games, six points to be had, and hopefully they do it. And if they don't, if they lose that game at Chicago uh, on the 15th, then there's going to be some sort of exorcism on the Bruins Benders podcast. <laughs> All right. Benders poll this week on Twitter. We, each week we have a poll. You can follow us at Bruins Benders. Who is your seventh player award winner? And the choices are Swayman, Halla, Nosik, and DeBrusque. And Swayman wins with 55%. Halla with 30%. Thomas sick with 9%. And Jake DeBrusque. With six percent. And I'm thinking that Swayman probably is going to win it unless there's some sort of collapse here in the next couple, three weeks.
1: Yeah, I think I think he will. I think I think he will win it. And I think the six percent was really just to spite you. It probably was. Because you said that DeBras got a chance. So they were like, right. oh fuck this guy. Yeah. He has no chance. He's not winning it. So <laughs> you uh, I, I think that was just a just one hundred percent a dig at you. <laughs>
0: It's actually skewed because I voted for Debrusque. So it's really like five percent of real people. Yeah. So uh yeah, I they don't think so. Cost. But I, I think, you know, look, if DeBrusque goes on another tear here, let's say he scores, you know, s- you know, five goals in the next couple of weeks and he has twenty goals, then Jesus, he's he's a candidate, dude. Come on now. Oh um, yeah, he's definitely a candidate. But, but uh yeah, but it's it's uh sway all the way, I guess. All right. You can rate and review for charity $1 to the Bruins Foundation for every rate and review on Apple or any rating on Spotify. And we want to thank the listeners. We've been keeping a tally. 49 states and 45 different countries have Bruins Benders podcast listeners. We are looking for West Virginia and Wyoming to come through. Well, that would be that would be 40. well because District of Columbia is actually included. Okay, so that's so not it's forty-eight states. states and a District of Columbia. Okay. Okay. There we go. So West Virginia and Wyoming. Any friends out there? Contact them, send them the link, and have them uh, listen to the Bruins Benders podcast. You can also go to InsideTheRink.com. Not only do we have great articles on there, a lot of Bruins stuff. Uh, we also have Bruins Benders merchandise. We, we do, and we and,
1: and we people. have we have some new items available. Ooh. We got some uh, playing like pricks merch up there. Oh, nice. If you want, you want to get the Bruins playing like pricks merchandise, we got some of that stuff up there. Maybe a t-shirt, maybe a sweatshirt. I'm not 100% sure, but yeah, I think there might be a couple of different options for you to pick from. So uh, head over there, check that out. Maybe buy something, maybe... Buy two things. I don't
0: know. Yeah, go yeah go on to InsideTheRink.com and look up... Uh, is that on our vendors thing? Or is that just... In the, actually, if you look up products, you'll see all the products. Yeah, I think, there you go. On the products tab. And just go and look for the Playing Like Pricks merchandise. Brand new. And also check out the Vegas Fever podcast. We appreciate Vegas Fever coming on with us as we had a little friendly wager. And the Bruins won, beating the Golden Knights. Now 6-2 and two all time against the Golden Knights. We appreciate having them on. And others are on the inside the rink network as well. There is a little wager to cue the dagger podcast. They cover the Chicago Blackhawks, so we'll have a similar type of wager as we get going this week. We hope that the Bruins have a great week. We hope you do as well and thanks a lot for listening. Go Bruins.
1: Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. <laughs>